0: let the games begin by taking some time out of our daily lives to sit down and have a little chat chit chat yeah chit chat thank you conversation must be stimulating still
1: you need a set of aesthetic guidelines to put it in social perspective i think
0: maybe what we need here
1: is a fresh perspective fresh points of view stimulating conversation i thought it would put things in perspective for you let's begin all right All right, so episode 14, welcome to the podcast. Uh, there are lots of firsts today. First, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Jeff, I'm, and I'm a founding member of the Tomorrow People initiative. This is also the first time I'm hosting, and I'm also doing it by myself today. So I'm a little nervous, but also excited to finally get rolling. I appreciate the other guys for trusting me here, as they've done a great job kicking things off and I'm excited to finally be along for the ride so um, yeah this is also the first time we're hosting a woman so that's very exciting and it's also the first time we're hosting in another country on a podcast and that is Mexico and I think this is the third time we're doing it all in person which is also very exciting and I've been looking forward to this for a long time and just a little bit about today's guest who is here with me right now. Uh, Like I said, she's our first female guest, so she's extra special in that regard. And I also thought she's just the perfect first choice. And her name is Susie Ann, and we met a few years ago in Estonia actually, where she's originally from and she is the strongest arm wrestler in Estonia and a six-time champion of Estonia at that. And she's also the first arm wrestler, woman arm wrestler in Estonia. And she also happens to be a business owner, having founded her own company, Firm of Fitness, and it focuses on worksite fitness. And she also has many cool, amazing qualities that we'll touch on today throughout our chat. So Susie, uh, welcome to the podcast, and thanks okay, for being here. Uh,
0: hello, thanks. Um, I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it's super exciting. Um, I think, yeah, this is uh, our second time, like, really, really connecting, the first time in Estonia a few years ago, and uh, crazy coincidence that we're here in uh, Mexico.
0: Now life is just full of coincidences. First time in Europe, second time in America, third time where we're gonna run into each other in Asia. Yeah. But you know what other first you forgot to mention? What's that? The oh, drink yes. that we have on the table. This is yes. my first time trying it out. If you're actually gonna choose to pour it out, yeah. Or you're gonna continue being nervous and not <laughs> drinking today?
1: No, so yeah, a little bit of, yeah, to kind of break the ice in honor of us being in Mexico. um, Yeah, I had planned for us to hopefully kick it off with some tequila, but uh, ran out of that, unfortunately. But uh, a couple of my friends had some pisco from Peru that they so kindly offered, and um, we will go ahead and kick off with a shot of uh, pisco here. We have um, a white one and a red one. I'm feeling the the red to start. feels like that that kind of moment. Let's and, uh, start with the reds. We got a Pisco Blanco. Um, nice little design there, but I will pour us one. I'll take the bigger bigger shot glass here. They're a little different size. But, uh, of course, because you
0: have to compensate for something, obviously.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe a little insecurity. I don't know. Other things. We'll get into that. We'll see. Um, I don't know. What do you think? That's enough? Yeah?
0: yeah, I mean, okay. we're going to drink it all anyway.
1: Yeah, all right.
0: Let's just take the edge off and okay. let's begin.
1: All right. So, there we go. And here's to Mexico and us meeting again and crazy coincidence after such a crazy 2020. So, salute.
0: 36. <laughs> Ooh, that is interesting.
1: Wow. It's a bit like tequila, Peace Oh, you did
0: bottoms
1: up. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a shot, you know?
0: It's a shock, I would say.
1: So, yeah, I don't think I've had, you know, pisco since I was in Peru, like, almost a decade ago, but yeah. It's a really nice cocktail with the pisco sour. But uh, anyway, I feel better now, Um, yeah, that felt necessary after that walk we did.
0: I feel warmer, Mm -hmm. yeah, because, you know, here in Mexico, I'm getting so cold. Coming from Estonia, where it was minus 20 degrees Celsius, where I left. Right. And now being here in Mexico, plus 24 Celsius, and I'm freezing.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big difference. Um, so you've been here how long in Mexico?
0: Um, I've been here for three months now. Three months.
1: Okay. And then, um, yeah. Luckily, we crossed paths because. Um, you're leaving very soon, sadly. So, but I am we leaving caught each other in
0: less than 48 hours. Yeah, still can't believe it. Yeah. Still hasn't hit me yet. It sure. wasn't. It wasn't my plans to leave. My original plan was to come here for five weeks, um, just focus on my work because right. things just got crazy in Estonia, and we were in lockdown. And I just really needed to focus, but I couldn't do that at home, you know, being in the same environment all the time, right. couldn't go to a cafe or anywhere. So since I couldn't go anywhere, I decided to <laughs> travel to Mexico right. for five weeks. And now three months later, I have no idea when I'm going back.
1: That's beautiful, though. That's like, uh, yeah, I think it's it's good to not have too much of a plan and keep it uh, open like that. So... Um, that's great. Um, I guess, to kick things off, maybe, I don't know, you had mentioned when I found out that you were here, when I was coming, I had uh, reached out to you, and you happened to be here, and I didn't even know, mm-hmm. and you mentioned to me some sort of, uh, I don't know, proverb that was... that German proverb. Yeah, what was that?
0: Man sieht sich immer zweimal im Leben.
1: Okay. That's okay. what they
0: say over there in Germany.
1: Okay, and can you tell for the... The audience listening, what that is it, about?
0: It means that people see each other always two times, okay. or it's more like you never know when you're gonna see this person again. It doesn't mean it's only two times for sure. It's Good. You know that when you see this person, you can always run into each other ever again. So, like, don't burn bridges or don't be an asshole. Yeah. Well,
1: like, in that direction. Right. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, I've made a few few of those in the past, but, um, yeah, try not to, of course. So, you know, live and learn. Yeah, live and learn. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So, I guess, um, with that, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what it means to be, um, you know... The, the yeah. arm wrestling champion of Estonia and all of that, how that got started, and um, you know, what led you to that?
0: Uh, how it got started. Yeah, it's the most typical question. Yeah, like what? That
1: <laughs> I get. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, but usually
0: people ask, So, how did you find arm wrestling? Yeah. And I'm like, No, 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 no. The question is, How did arm wrestling find me? Okay. I think. It was around 7-8 years ago, well, I think it was in 2013, Okay, I had just moved back to Estonia from the States where I was uh, working and studying.
1: Okay, where in the States were you?
0: I was in California. Okay, cool. Uh, living in San Jose and okay. working in Silicon Valley. Yes. And then going from there back to Estonia, it was a huge jump. Um, Anyways, I had made my way back to Estonia um, and I went to see bodybuilding competition and with every bodybuilding competition, there's an expo area, you know where they introduce the latest, the supplements, maybe some clothes, equipment, whatever. Anyways, I was there and uh, among other these booths, there was an dressing table and they said, whoever wins, whoever wins everyone, something like that, gets a free pass to the gym, some equipment like towels, t-shirts, everything. And since I had just gotten back to Estonia, I I really wanted to go to the gym for free, and also a new t-shirt doesn't hurt you. So I took part in the competition. I won.
1: First time, wow. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, w- without any practicing or anything. I won, I got all my stuff, I was happy, I was on my way out okay. and then this arm wrestler um, chased me down. Uh, he said, hey, uh, you did pretty great, maybe maybe you have some more time, would you like to come back and I can just um, uh, wrestle with you, maybe, you know, to see what kind of technique you're using, or something like that, and I was like, yeah, of course, like, I'm, I'm the strongest, of course I can do that, you know, I say yes to every yeah. challenge, so we went back, I won, and he was like, damn girl, you're strong, and I'm like, <laughs> of course I know, so he started telling me that they have this arm wrestling team, and they do arm wrestling once a week together, and uh, I could be a great fit. They could teach me some more technique and I would, I'm um, originally strong, so I could do pretty well in this area. I was like, <laughs> cool story, bro, but I'm not interested. It was like, okay, why? I said, because arm wrestling is not a sport. And then he started explaining to me that they actually have uh, world championships, European Championships, that is actually a sport. Mm, I continued saying no. He continued uh, his uh, sales pitch. And eventually, when he said that if I join, I would be officially the first woman wrestler. In Estonia? In Estonia. And wow. then I was like, hmm, I kind of like that title. So, okay, where's your sign? And the next Sunday, uh, the same guy picked me up, uh, introduced me to the gym where they conduct the workouts, introduced me to the team. And fast forward two, three years, we had enough women and men to organize our own championship. And in 2015, I won the Estonian championship. Okay. Um, Was
1: that the first championship that they have held? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly, okay. because um, the rules say you have to have um, enough teams in the country okay. and a certain amounts of team members in each team. So it's like all those regulations and. Rules that you can actually uh, hold the official championships. So we checked all the boxes. I won, and I became the first um, arm wrestling champion in Estonia. Wow! And it was it was the greatest feeling ever. Of course, because I was all over the news uh-huh. <laughs> and. Okay. Uh, I'll more as I am, you know, <laughs> I was just, I was enjoying it so much, but I remember not long after that I moved to Germany, okay. because I got a job there, mm-hmm. um, and they were all very interested in me, because I was an uh, Estonian champion in arm wrestling, and Germany were well, also like, what is that, yeah. like how do you find arm wrestling, exactly. so Ever since I uh, won the championships, I have been like the arm wrestler because it's so—it's such a niche sport, and you don't meet many people who have done arm wrestling outside of the bars. Yeah, exactly. Or, or even sober. Yeah, yeah. It's many people they associate arm wrestling with uh, beer or being drunk. Or arm wrestling at the bar, like, yeah, let's sell this problem. Let's see whoever is stronger. And then, I mean, and me on the other hand, I want to bring arm wrestling out of the bar. I want to show people that it's, it is actually a sport, sure. and we have technique and technique, not because it's uh, better to see whoever wins or loses, or. Uh, The technique is actually to stay healthy. And one thing that I've heard from many people is that they hate arm wrestling because, you know, shoulder starts uh, aching or wrist problems, whatever. I'm like, do you even know the technique? Because when you keep your upper body stiff and you only move your arm, this is is called shoulder uh, injury. The way arm wrestling actually works is when you draw a triangle so that your shoulders are those two lower points and your wrist in front of you is like the top of the triangle. It should stay there and you only move your upper body from your core. This is how you never get injured or you stay healthy as long as possible. And I hope that people will eventually understand that and never say to me ever again that they don't want
1: to get injured or something like that. Right. Yeah, I guess my initial question with everything you shared so far was the people you would compete against. Um, It seems like since you were the first woman, I guess you were competing against men Rather than females, um, pretty much. Is Um, that correct? No. No?
0: The thing is, I still to this day I train only with men. Okay. But when I compete, I only compete with women.
1: Okay. Well,
0: I can't say only because last competition actually I took part in men's division. Okay. But it was kind of unofficial because you can't really have a ranking in men's uh, listing when you're a woman, but I just did it to mm, I don't know, it's just for myself because for it was it was in Estonia and I already know I'm the strongest in Estonia so just to mm-hmm. challenge myself on women against men as well.
1: Okay, and I guess going with that to kind of talk more about it looks like you're very competitive in that regard.
0: Oh, I'm so <laughs> competitive when it comes to everything. Okay,
1: and what what do you stem that from. Um, and then did you have brothers growing up or anything?
0: Similar? Yeah, I have one younger brother. But why I'm so competitive? I don't know. Maybe I should read more books about childhood issues or psychotherapy or psychology. I don't know. I haven't really, I haven't really found out
1: about Found out why? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, you kind of just felt like you were always had this drive into like, you know, be the best or whatever, like, you know, which I think is great.
0: Yeah, now that I think about it, maybe maybe I got it from school. Okay. Because when I think back to my um, P E lessons, I wasn't that good at sports because my I remember my teacher was always putting me down. Um, the thing is, me and my mom, we went to the same school, and when I eventually went to school, they all knew my mom. You know, I come from Estonia, we have like a million people, and when you, <laughs> we probably were all related to each other down there, um, but also, uh, many people know each other, especially when you, um, grow up in the same neighborhood, you go to the same school, so me and my mom, we grew up in the same... House, and we went to the same school both of us and when I went to school then all the teachers they recognized me um, because they had been also teaching my mom and my mom didn't have that good relationship with our PE teacher so the PE teacher um, just hated me and was always putting me down uh, telling me that I can't do this why just because I can't so maybe because I wasn't believing in myself, okay. um, then I I was also like, nah, it is what it is. But I remember at some point I was like, hmm, maybe I should just, you know, try harder or something. I was feeling so bad that I was feeling bad, you <laughs> know, feeling. Feel bad because you are feeling that so it was me with sports, and I just wanted to be great at it. It was also kind of forbidden for me. I remember when I was young. What was forbidden? Sports.
1: Sports. Okay. Yeah,
0: because uh, my grandma and my mom, they both wanted me to play the piano mm-hmm. and be to music arts because my mom is an artist and they told me you can't uh, do sports because your hands are going to shake. I
1: was like,
0: really? Well but the thing is all these activities were uh, far away from where I was living and they said well you obviously can't go there alone and we're not gonna take you so just stay home and play the piano. So I was there, just staying at home, playing the piano, but really wanted to be good at sports. Um,
1: Because like people were telling you, you you couldn't or you shouldn't? Exactly. So
0: I've always been, I think like all little kids are like when they tell you something, you want to do actually the opposite. So that was me. They told me I can't do sports, so I was like, I'm um, I, I, I want to do it so bad. I don't care that my hands are going to shake. I don't care that I might injure myself and I wouldn't be able to play the piano like, ever again. I don't care. I want to do it. So I started being uh, great at sports in school. When I was a teenager, I remember I represented our school in some kind of, you know, track and field competitions. I mean, I wasn't the best.
1: Like sprints?
0: Uh, more like uh, long distance running. Okay. Uh, and, but I was really good at jumping. Mm. Uh,
1: Triple, long jump, things like this? Uh, yeah, cool. exactly.
0: Exactly that. I don't know how I feel like. Come on, look, look at me, I'm like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I look like an arm wrestler. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was a track sprinter myself. But yeah. Nice. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, and when I. When I started being good at it, I felt so good because I did something for baking, kind of. Yeah. And then I wanted to find something that's for me. And And when I was like 14, I started trying out different sports.
1: And what did that lead you to? It seems like, you know, you mentioned bodybuilding, then progressed into arm wrestling. Is that how that kind of evolved through trial and error with the different sports
0: mm, and well, training? Well, obviously, it just happens. Like, like but the thing is, I've been naturally strong, right? Um, since I was a kid, I just have been strong.
1: Good genes, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Or maybe it's because when I was uh, little, my favorite movie was The Hulk. Okay. <laughs> 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 Probably I got The Hulk cheese.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Okay. Um, what would you say you know I'm thinking about all of this and you know when we met you know I didn't really know about the whole arm wrestling thing about you and then when you told me about it I thought it was you know amazing and cool but then to be honest um, I was a little bit intimidated and for me you know I'm an athlete I you know I think I'm pretty strong for a guy but you, it was intimidating to hear all that I mean What would you say to maybe both sides, um, both men and women, in terms of, you know, maybe first guys who may feel similarly like I did when a girl, you know, comes across as strong in that regard, particularly um, from a physical standpoint. Um, What do you think us men should, should think and respond to that?
0: Well, this is definitely... An interesting topic. So before yeah. I talk about it, a side note: I also when I stop when I stop talking, you're gonna tell me why you felt intimidated. Okay. But at first, I'm gonna continue. Um, I have a funny story about that. Yeah. Um, at some point, um, it was when I had graduated from the university. Like a couple of years later, I ran into. Um, I ran into this uh, fellow colleague, as we call them in the law schools, um, and we hugged. I was like, "Hey, man, so good to see you. Uh, I see that you're working with law firm right now. Uh, how are you doing?" And then he said, "Wow, you just keep getting like bigger and bigger. Like, do you?" When do you stop working out, eventually you're going to look like a man. Then I looked at him and I said, I wish I could say the same. (laughs) Right. But...
1: What do you you mean exactly? You wish you could say the
0: same. I wish I I could say he looks like a man.
1: Okay. It's all relative, right?
0: But, (laughs) like all the guys... Who say something about the way I look? Although I don't look big or bulky, I no. just look no. totally normal. Yeah. But maybe, maybe when they find out that I'm an armless, it's like, hey, can I touch your biceps? It's always the biceps, and you know, it's not even the most important muscle when it comes to armless—not
1: at all. So what? what- Tell us, what's the most important muscle for arm wrestling? Is it the forearm? Strong wrists. The wrists, okay. Strong wrists, definitely. And then back muscles. Back, okay. Where exactly in the back? Anywhere, everywhere?
0: Yeah, upper back mostly, because the first movement you want to do is pull the opponent's arm towards you. Right. And in order to do it as quickly as possible, you need very quick and strong and sharp. It's going to do the job. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, before we go back maybe into the whole how men should feel and how I felt, I wanted to also ask, we talked about, you know, arm wrestling, where you've done it. It's mainly done in bars and you see all that. I was curious if there's like a craziest place or environment like that you remember Arm wrestling, somebody at, it, if there's anything that stands out in particular. I even had like a crazy one myself that um, was quite interesting years ago.
0: Okay, I have two. Okay. I'm gonna share my two stories and then you can tell about your story. Um, one is when I had just become the champion in 2015. For the first time? Yeah. And, or maybe it was before, maybe it was before I became a champion. I don't remember. Anyways, it was when I was very, very new to arm wrestling and I was like, you know, like uh, guys are very full of themselves and like, yeah, I'm the strongest, I'm the best, like I can win them all. I had this, I was invincible. So it was uh, one arm wrestler's birthday party and he had brought our arm wrestling table to his party. Mm And when he mentioned to his friends that, "Hey, this is our newest member in our team. This is a girl who was the first uh, woman arm wrestling in a, arm wrestler in Estonia," then all the guys were like, "Yeah, I wanna, I wanna try her out. I wanna see how strong she really is." Me, of course, being all young and still, I was like, "Hell yeah!" All the guys, whoever wants to wrestle. Line runs here, I'm gonna stand here and I'm gonna, you know,
1: kill you all.
0: And that's what I did. Boom, boom, boom. All the guys, they just died right in front of me.
1: They kept coming, like in assembly line.
0: Yeah, exactly. They they were literally standing in the line. There were at least 10 people in the line. And I was just bop,
1: bop, crushing them. All guys.
0: But then then there was this one particular guy who refused to lose. And he he kind of like caught me, and we were wrestling, we were like there for quite some time. Um, we were like in the middle of, you know, winning and losing, winning or losing. And he was about to lose, and he didn't wanna, he didn't wanna lose, definitely. So he pulled my shoulder out of the sockets. Um, I am pretty, I'm, I'm hyper I have tried years to build my muscles, to become bulletproof, doing all those you know teeny tiny resistance band exercises, you know, like the physiotherapists um, suggest. you. I have been actually doing, and yet they help. But in this situation, they didn't. Okay. And I injured my shoulder. Uh, I dislocated my shoulder, or, or like he dislocated my shoulder. He won, he got all the pride and, uh, and everybody was like, oh my god, Susie lost, what happened? I spent the rest of the evening in
1: the cold shower,
0: being very mad. This is one. And the second story is...
1: So how many guys, how many people do you think you arm wrestled that, that particular day or night at that party?
0: Maybe like ten.
1: ten. And this guy was who you know did that to your shoulder. He was towards the end, so he was waiting until you made retirement. Yeah, maybe he head. was like
0: maybe like tenth or something. Okay. And there were some guys after him as well. Right. But they they didn't get a chance. A second uh, most important on wrestling for me happened in Sweden, where I happened to wrestle with the Swedish girl who's fifth in Europe, like fifth strongest girl in fucking whole Europe.
1: Wow, yeah. And I won. Oh boy.
0: But since it was unofficial competition, I didn't get any ranking, so it huh? was like, more like, who's story bro? Right, right. Uh, but it's like good to know that there's still a chance. One of my love goals is to get a ranking. Uh, Europe or in the world, but therefore I have to take part in either European championships or the world's
1: okay. championships. And is that kind of taking a pause right now for various reasons? Or what's the, the story? The thing is, it?
0: I just want to get stronger and stronger. Uh-huh. Um, with many sports, the younger you are, the better you are with arm wrestling, you know, the older you are because. Those small muscles and pins and everything we have in our wrists and elbow—they only grow stronger with time. So you need a lot of repetitions. We say in our wrestling world that unless you haven't done this sports for ten years, you're still a beginner. Wow! I'm on my seventh or
1: eighth year. So you got to get your reps in, really. I do. Um, One interesting thing I just remembered was that I was always of the belief that, you know, guys or whoever that were working at an ice cream parlor or ice cream store growing up, scooping that ice cream, they developed that forearm muscle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always found that they would be the best at arm wrestling because of strong forearms. could be. Okay. You mentioned the wrist and the back, but then the forearm.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean... When you start training your wrist, the forearms comes with, with it. it. Yeah. Also, side note, very very strong Latvian arm wrestler. She's actually a farmer. Okay. And you know what kind of job they do? Uh-huh. They just uh, out in the
1: fields doing whatever. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And her hands are like shovels. <laughs> I thought that my hands are used.
1: no. Yeah. She, she has, has some big hands, wow. Yeah,
0: I have, yeah, look at that.
1: Yeah, I got you beat, but barely. I yeah,
0: but her hands are...
1: Bigger than mine, maybe?
0: I would say the size is the same, but fingers are definitely thicker.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> okay. I, I, I want to arm wrestle with her, but my hand just melted into hers, and I felt <laughs> like a kid.
1: Okay. So your arm wrestling story. Okay, so yeah, my story. So yeah, I was pretty big into fitness as well. Never got into competitive arm wrestling, of course. um, Although it does seem super cool. But for me, um, I happened to be on a study abroad trip in Africa, we were over in Ghana. This is back in 2011 actually, so about 10 years ago. And um, we're in this village um, on the coast of Ghana and yeah, these kids just, you know, saw me and my friends, and you know, just saw me and wanted to arm wrestle, and um, it was kind of like a, a crazy cool moment because, you know, I of course, you know, said a, yes, you know, and wanted to do it, and um, then before I knew it, there were like a couple of dozen people that gathered around me and this uh, boy who was probably seven or eight years old, and um, yeah, we kind of like squatted down just right there in the middle of the street. Um, you know, dirt road, and um, they were like a circle around us, and uh, you know, we we did it, and uh, he, you know, I I won, but I let him win, so you know, it was kind of just yeah, that, that
0: was always just that. Yeah, let him win.
1: I let him win, um, but just the the feeling in that moment of um, you know the expression on his face and then the people around, and uh, it was just a really cool experience. And, um, I'll never forget that, that moment. And, um, it stands out and all these kids were super ripped and for, you know, the strongest kids I've really ever seen, you know, uh, they would play, you know, soccer as we say it in the U S or, you know, uh, football as everyone else is used to. And they had like eight pack abs and, you know, they, they were all about fitness. And so seeing me, um, you know, very muscularly, uh, they wanted to arm wrestle. So you know that to them you know arm wrestling to me it seems to be the, the symbol of who is the strongest right yeah. whether or not you do it competitively or not it's what you see in bars it's what these kids saw with me on the street um it has that identity around the world as okay who is stronger you know similarly to like okay who's faster let's race right it's like let's arm wrestle. We don't have a bench press or a squat rack. We're going to arm wrestle to see who's better, right? So, um, yeah, that was a really cool experience. Um, I've had times, you know, through the years, just in bars, like, you know, it's the common, like, people are drunk at bars and they want to arm wrestle at the table, and I've done that a few times. And But, you know, that one in Ghana was, um, you know, very unique and special. So, yeah, that's it.
0: Cute. Have you ever heard about leg wrestling.
1: Leg wrestling? No. Yeah. Tell, tell us.
0: Um, it's when two people lying on the ground or on the floor um, so face down they bend one knee and they eventually wrestle with their hamstring. So, whoever, so your stomach's on the ground? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So whoever has the strongest hamstring. And for me this sounds like injury.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one yeah. leg or two legs? Yeah, one, one leg. One okay. leg, okay. Um, it's
0: more like whoever can pull
1: others legs straight. Is it
0: like,
1: is it left leg versus left leg or left leg versus right leg?
0: I don't remember. <laughs> I think when you would lie, so they're lying uh, heads away from each other, so okay. like legs towards each other. So I think it's... It's probably left and left, if you lie next to each other, legs together. Right.
1: Okay. That's interesting. Where did you come across that?
0: I don't know. Internet.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, For sure.
0: But I think R-wrestling is definitely the easiest way to solve any kind of problems. Because in order to... Solve problems? Or maybe even create more.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: But (laughs) in order to uh, do wrestling, you don't at least have to lay on the ground. You just, you know, you find a spot and you um, just do your thing with the arm. But the thing is it creates so many injuries, especially when we're at the bar, Because people usually, as I said earlier, they only use their arm. They don't use their upper body, which creates shoulder injuries. Right.
1: Yeah, I guess one other question with that, um, you know, people generally are more uh, left-handed or, you know, they have a dominant arm, right? Yeah. So with arm wrestling for you, um, are you more of a lefty, righty? Does that matter? How important is that?
0: Um, well, I'm both-handed for this uh, me whatever the world is in English, (laughs) Okay. omnidextrous. Omnidextrous, yep. Yeah, Because I can write with left or right hand. You can,
1: you can write with both. Yeah,
0: I can write with both. I don't actually, I can do any activity with uh, both Both.
1: hands. Kind of equally well? Is Is there one that's more natural or?
0: Um, for example, there are some things that I have practiced more, for example, the guitar. I okay. can't really play with my left because therefore you would have to change the strings. Yeah. So I just learned how to do it the normal way. Okay,
1: but you play guitar as well? Yeah. Okay, cool. Like rock rock, or
0: something? Um, I used to be in a band, we okay. played... We had a, some kind of rock, yeah, but I don't play much anymore. Uh, When I moved abroad, I gave all my instruments to my brother so my uh, keyboard because I didn't have actual piano at home I had the keyboard and I had two guitars one was acoustic and the second one was electric I also played the drums
1: so I gave everything to my
0: brother and now my brother is into music He he has two bands maybe by now um, and that's his whole life. And me, I haven't touched an instrument for, for
1: years. Wow, okay. Yeah, but that's super cool to do the, the arm wrestling and the sports and then to have the music side as well.
0: Yeah, but uh, in arm wrestling you have you have the possibility to choose. For example, when you go to, uh, you go to compete, then uh, firstly, you're going to be either male or female. Then secondly, you're gonna armisen either with left or with right, or with both. Yeah. So at first, um, everyone's gonna compete with left arm. Whoever has signed up to uh, do wrestling with the left arm, they're gonna do this, they're gonna announce the winners, and then they're gonna do everything with the right arm. So you can choose either one or both. I personally, really, I always wrestle with both parts and I train both parts as
1: well. Okay, and do you think, yeah, it sounds important and yeah, to be with both, and yeah, I think that's super unique. Um, that's great.
0: I think most of the people um, in our wrestling world compete oh. in left and right. Really, okay, I think so. Yeah, oh. of course, we have like. Decide where we feel most comfortable or stronger, whatever. But for me, for example, with my right hand, I use one technique, and with my left arm, I'm better at this other technique. It's just the way you either do the pronation or the supination. So for me, one arm, one one movement is stronger, and the other is vice versa.
1: Got it. Got it. Okay maybe switching gears back to what we were talking about about um, intimidation yes intimidation as it relates to let's say feminism you know which i you know i think is very important and a cool interesting topic and yeah when we met i was a bit uh, intimidated a little bit yeah you know. tell me what
0: what made you feel
1: this way <clears throat> i mean like you said it wasn't your physical presence necessarily. It was when you told me you were like an arm wrestling champion. Or
0: was it the fact that I am, or the way I say it?
1: A little bit of both. You know, I think it's you know that confidence and that that tone of voice comes with it. But you know, it, it's such a unique kind of thing to be a champion of that you don't hear every day. That it kind of took me by surprise and. Um, I don't know. It's it's rare, to be honest, if I'm intimidated physically by a girl, mm-hmm. and I was. I mean, I, I kind of still am. And um, I, you know, it, it's an admiration, but at the same time, it's like, you know, society has this view, you know, and us men have this view that, you know, we are to be the, the alpha, right? And I consider myself an alpha.
0: But also the thing is when a... Uh when me or any other woman is strong working out to empower them in whatever sports it's great it doesn't mean that we want to be alpha or that we are the alpha
1: so what does it mean to you and then how do you think I should view it or men should view it
0: for it I I think it's different for every for example, me, I don't do it to feel alpha or to be better than men. I do it to be better than all the other women in Estonia because I still want to continue being the strongest woman. But it had for me it has nothing to do with being alpha or 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 being scary or being this showing everyone that I'm strong and independent. I already know these things. I just happen to do arm wrestling.
1: Right. Right. Uh, I guess, how do you think, how do you look at guys, right, that maybe you're intimidated? Because I I would imagine you've had experiences or issues with guys that are like intimidated by you and it it creates a sort of an issue.
0: I mean, this doesn't necessarily create the biggest issue. The biggest issue that I think is when some guys tell me that they are not going to help me because I am strong and I can do it on my own. Or why they should help me. What am I, weak? Or for example, hey, you can do this, you can carry that because you are so strong anyway but I don't, not the point, right? I don't want to be the strongest all the time. Uh, maybe you can show me how strong you actually are, because men are naturally actually stronger than women. I can be stronger than some guys, but I'm not stronger than all the guys.
1: Okay, on, on that note really quick. I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Um, you know, we we never arm wrestled personally. Um, <laughs> I was kind of like I would never bring up that subject out of fear of losing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I assume you think you would beat me.
0: No, actually, I think uh, you're gonna beat
1: me. You think I would beat you?
0: Yeah, because look, you're way taller than I am. You think?
1: Yeah, um, and you how tall are you? Um, uh,
0: in America. No, By, I'm like five seven, which is five uh, seven, that's it? I think that's five seven. Well Seems I'm one better. one seventy two.
1: Okay. I
0: think it's five seven.
1: Okay. I'm about six two exactly. which is like one eighty eight yeah. centimeter.
0: Exactly.
1: Okay.
0: So you're way taller than
1: I so am. So height matters?
0: Not necessarily height, but also you weigh more than I do.
1: So weight matters too. Mm-hmm.
0: Weight. Of course, yeah. okay. and also looking at the way you're built, you have very long arms, so long forearms. If you know how to use this, it gives you a huge advantage.
1: Okay, but let's say the situation is as it is, and I don't know how to arm wrestle, or I'm just a well, recreational.
0: All uh, comes down to luck.
1: Okay. When, when
0: you have no idea what you're doing and you out of the blue choose all all your positioning everything that is better for me, of course I'm gonna win you. but if you know something about physics, then I'm gonna lose because you have long forearms, it gives you an advantage, your height, the weight, and also that you are physically active and fit, and you know something about sports, at least you do it. So, I'm gonna lose. I'm, I think I'm like 90% sure that you're gonna win.
1: Okay, well,
0: if we would we ever honestly.
1: Okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll just end that topic on that note and um, not risk losing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. I literally had a follow up question, um, assuming you would say you would beat me like how quickly you think you would beat me, yeah. especially so based on what you said about the story about I mean, being a question guy. question is
0: uh, how slowly are you going to beat me? Because- Okay, so um,
1: you, you would make me work for it, for sure. It would not yeah, be yeah, a yeah, quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. quick thing.
0: exactly, it won't be
1: quick. Because for sure.
0: I, I know that I, I have trained, well I am, I would say I'm naturally slow when it comes to arm wrestling. I have trained so hard, I picked up boxing because I need to get faster. So whenever the referee would say, ready, go, I I was like, "Mm, you know, this action movie when everything is moving in slow motion, I was like that. And the way I started arm wrestling, the opponent would go uh, to his winning position, which is my losing position, but I was very good at holding and I would just tire them out and then bah win. But I knew that this is not how I'm going to be successful. So I have to be very fast at the beginning when the referee says, ready go, then also bah just go for it. So that's why I picked up boxing because you know, it's a reaction fast and also started doing olympic lifting because this is like the ultimate sport. right and i got faster so even though you're gonna be faster and stronger i'm still gonna
1: make it I'm, slow I'm, for I'm me. Gonna,
0: yeah
1: okay I'm gonna make it slow. okay well i feel good <laughs> all right um i guess i wanted to let's talk a little bit more about um yeah, the feminism, if that's okay, just as it relates to, um, I'm I'm curious about like maybe dating, let's say, right, and the whole um, intimidation factor and how that can play a role. Um, and I'm sure you you could speak to that some with oh, of course, <laughs> for, for a long time. But well, how, how does how does that impact you, and what would you say? You know, maybe both sides of the coin. Women that are like, you know, strong like you are looking to be strong, but afraid of like how that is viewed to men from a relationship standpoint. And then men who are, you know, looking at women who they're interested in or attracted to, but maybe they're intimidated because that woman is strong or successful or whatever it is in life. And can you talk a little bit about that?
0: I'm just thinking where to begin. Where to begin, yeah. Where to begin, yeah. Um,
1: Either women or men.
0: Yeah. Firstly, I would say it's a very good filter to have. uh, When guys are intimidated by you, you just know that, okay, then this is not for me. Thank you.
1: They're not worth it, in a sense. Yeah, because
0: when, when a guy feels intimidated, then do you do you like really like you know there is like no it creates like no tension and when people first start dating or you know to create attraction, you need the fire. You need some kind fire or you know you need something. Yeah. And when um, a guy is intimidated, then. Um, there's like no fire. I think it also comes down to women. Definitely there are women who like guys who are, let's put it that way, lower than men.
1: Women like guys that are like sort of lower, sub, I mean, in a submissive in, a, in there is very the for
0: everyone. Right. So some guys, I'm, I'm 100% sure there are guys out there who are looking for strong women and women at the same time who are looking for Weaker guys than they
1: are. Right. I'm curious, do you think, um, you know, knowing a little bit of what I know about the part of the world that you're from, the women seem to be very kind of independent and strong and go getters, like in Scandinavia and the Baltics and Russia, more so than a lot of other parts of the world. And I'm sure that plays a role in sort of your. Kind of yeah, yeah, uh, in, in
0: our in our part of the world, definitely you mentioned Russia, I don't think about, I don't think that that's the case I've heard in that part of the world, which is like uh, down south, Eastern European countries and Russia, they have more like gold diggers A bit, yeah, that's
1: definitely true Yeah,
0: but <laughs> up in the north,
1: there, there's a saying with that too, yeah uh, I think it goes you know, um uh, well, I don't know if I want to get into that, but I'll go ahead and say it at this point. Yeah, there's a saying like, um, the only way to like make a, how do you make a, a billionaire a millionaire, like is by dating a Russian girl. Just, just run, run them dry. Um,
0: that's that's hilarious.
1: So, but yeah.
0: Well, I think every saying that is out there has some some truth. truth. Yeah. 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 Okay, but that was just a side note. That I think there is definitely some people like that out there. I'm not saying it's a majority. I'm just saying that definitely are these kind of people. Um, uh, but we in Scandinavia or in uh, Northern Europe, yes, we have more independent women, but our guys are also pretty independent in that sense. So. I would say more. Yeah, the issue is when girls are strong or working out, because when you, when you, when you're this big girl, then you don't want to date someone who knows nothing about sports.
1: Of course, I think yeah, you want that.
0: Also, it's, it's, then uh, a guy's physically attractive you when they also work enough. When you are working out then you also you're like guys who work.
1: Yeah, you go together.
0: Exactly. And then also you know you have mutual hobbies, mutual passions, and this is uh, how everything starts working out. Um, I'm just running around. Help me out. What were those other questions?
1: So, so yeah, I, I was you know touching upon the women, like how women should feel as they are you know, trying to be competitive and, and successful and, and all of that amazing things like you've done.
0: Do you also think that some women maybe hold themselves back because they are afraid of becoming strong and kind of independent or successful?
1: I personally think that happens because they think that, and the reason that happens is because they think that guys don't want that in a potential partner, right? And I think they they know that or they think that and that's why they maybe don't push to be as strong or as successful as maybe they could be although I may be totally wrong here but I just think they view men as maybe wanting to be that breadwinner, right? In whatever sense the word comes and if, if maybe
0: it comes down to childhood, how you've been raised and mm-hmm. how are your parents, if uh, the father was the one um, taking care of you and you know, making sure you're a princess, then you always you wanna continue being the princess and you and you start looking for a partner who's gonna make you feel like I think, right. I think. Mm,
1: Product of our environment.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because people who come from messy families, they also have messy adult foods Because this is what we know. This is what's familiar to us. I think all this dating and how we view eventually
1: comes intimate. back to our roots.
0: Exactly.
1: Do you think there's a way? Because obviously we can't control our roots. Do you think? Oh, well, of course we. So, so with that, do you think, you know, because we're affected by it as we get older? But is there a way to to change that view? I mean,
0: definitely, when you start acknowledging that we all have childhood traumas, yeah, um, and you start thinking about it, maybe analyzing yourself, of course, you can get rid of that, and you can just accept. Where you came from, and accept that your parents did everything they could, everything they knew. And the thing is, our parents are gonna fuck us up anyway. Our job is to unfuck ourselves. The thing is, many really, they,
1: you think it's like that? You think so? That you think yes. the parents in general, they they wire us in a the thing,
0: they do it just without no. knowing. Exactly. You can, you can be a shitty parent, uh, not being there for a kid, child is obviously going to have some issues, uh, maybe just you know, abandonment issues. But if you're always there for a child, then it creates other sorts of problems. Yeah. So no matter what you do, it can be as small as, it could be whatever that creates this childhood trauma.
1: That's a great point. Yeah, if you're overprotective or underprotective, there's um, a consequence as to how the the child sort of reacts to that and the ramifications as it progresses. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate And
0: maybe, maybe intimidation is also kind of tied to that. The way we view it is how maybe we were raised. Was our mother strong or not? How was it viewed in the family?
1: Right. You kind of see how your your mom was and, and that kind of uh, fuels how you become as a as a woman.
0: Well me and my mom we are total opposites. Okay. I just knew that You went to the same school, like
1: you said, and all that, but you took different paths. Yeah, I just Artists. chose
0: I just Perfect. chose a different path because I knew that. Um I don't necessarily want that kind of life for me, so I just started doing my own thing.
1: Okay. I think that's a good note to kind of maybe switch gears um, to talk a bit about how you entered sort of the, the business owner world and started your own company and how that kind of got started. and how that is treating you today in the crazy world we live in of, uh, COVID. And yeah, maybe we can dive into that and first have another shot. Uh, we finished the, the first, um... Another
0: shot was about time. We have been here for, for an hour.
1: Almost an hour. I'm
0: drying. I'm like Sahara here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So let's, uh, let's switch switch to the black bottle now that we're done, the red, and then we will, um... touch upon the, sort of the business, the business world a bit, but let, let me pour it Let's for us.
0: serious. The this is how Estonian do business. They bring their new business partners to sauna, they get them drunk, and then we get all the deals. A sauna? Yeah. This like is, in Finland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have, okay. we have similar saunas or actually they're the same.
1: Okay. Is that, is that enough or? I'm a poor local You, you need more, Chios. I need more. I need Because okay, so you're
0: bigger and stronger with longer forearms. Of course you need more.
1: <laughs> okay. There we go. Alright. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, a
0: little
1: bit more. Okay.
0: Just a little bit.
1: Cool. Alright. Salute. Alright.
0: right. to be six.
1: Okay. Alright. Alright. Yeah, it feels pretty similar.
0: Yeah. I don't even remember the first one it was hours ago that's
1: good um, alright so yeah let's touch upon so I don't really fully um, yeah, I don't know kind of the story behind how you started your your business um, nice and
0: do you want the short or the long version?
1: up to you, so yeah how did it come about like the idea and um, where it is today Um you being in Mexico and how you doing that from afar and taking it local on the ground as well.
0: How it got started. I'm gonna give you the long version. I was working as a lawyer before.
1: In Estonia?
0: In Estonia. I mean, in the States, I was working in Silicon Valley. I was the legal advisor for startups.
1: But you were a lawyer, like you have a law degree? Yeah. Cool. I had a law degree.
0: And I went back to Estonia then this all wrestling thing happened, and uh, you know, I had everything figured out, yadda, yada, yadda, Um, And I always did fitness as a hobby. I had like maybe one client or maybe one group class in the evening, and I had like, you know, a couple of hours of fitness classes. During the week, so it was just it was just hobby something I did for myself, and also I worked out, and, uh, and I also I had my personal training certificate from Germany, and I remember when I got my license, I told the owner that I had been living in Germany before, and I would love to. Know back at some point, so whenever he meets person trainer to his studio, or he knows someone, then I'm up for it. And you know, he was like, yeah, yeah, I thought, you know, nothing's gonna come out of it, you know, I'm just this small little Estonian who, like German is my, I don't know, third or fourth language, so it's... So how many?
1: How many languages do you speak? English, Estonian? I speak like seven. Seven. Yeah. But. List, list them for, for, for us who <laughs> only know one.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think German was our fourth language in the school. Well, okay. we have to learn um, English, Russian, definitely. Wow, you
1: have to. You have yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: yeah, this is like compulsory, hmm. the whole country. And then the fourth language, you no, know, is it I don't know what numbers. The only numbers I know are 69, so I don't know. So the next number, the next language is either French, German, sometimes Spanish, it depends. For me it was German. Um, so, but I fell in love with German language and it eventually took me to um, personal trading license in Germany. Uh, which allows me to work as a personal trainer all around um, Europe.
1: From the German license?
0: Yeah, except for the UK, because they're different. They're different. Even more different now, right? Even more different now. Oh yeah. Third world country, huh? (laughs) Uh, Yes, so anyways, I was settled that my law position. At the same time, very unhappy. My phone rang. It was Germany calling and saying that, "Hey, we have a position for you. Would you like to work as a personal trainer in Germany?" Of course, I said yes. And two weeks later, I was living in Germany.
1: And you were in California at that time. No, I was in Estonia. Okay, sorry. I had
0: I had been in California before that, and it was like I then I spent like a year or two in Estonia before. Germany then Got
1: okay. it
0: So as I was working in Germany I was mainly working as a personal trainer I was the one I helped people with serious injuries So our, our clients were people who uh, had stents or serious back problems and they had been working together with uh, physiotherapists before like they were learning how to walk again, how to move there new joints, and then they came to me to learn how to work out again, to seriously how to work out again. Uh, Then this company in the next town um, needed on-site fitness and uh, group sessions for the factory workers, for the computer workers. I started also working there.
1: Why did they need that? Like that was just part of their...
0: Because they they take care of their employees okay. and their trainer, the contract ended or they let the trainer go, I don't know what happened, anyways they wanted or needed someone new and I started teaching classes, you know those short 15 minute onset sessions or 60 hour, I mean 60 minute uh, group sessions, like everything. And as I was doing that, I realized that there are no designated on-site fitness sessions in Estonia, like in any company. And I had studied that because in order to work in that huge company in Germany, my employers made sure that I get all the education, I get all the knowledge. Um, So I was very prepared. And I also, I kind of wanted to move back to Estonia it was so stupid. Is there stupid. any reason why? Yeah, it was so stupid. It was because of a guy.
1: Always. That's how it feels. Yeah, but I
0: didn't want to make it. I knew that you. I can't do this for a guy, so he I never, started. you never moved. I started looking for other reasons also that if it doesn't work out with him, then at least I have these other things. Like hedging your bets. Yeah, sure, okay. Maybe it was because of this guy. Then I was like, okay, what else? Okay, I'm gonna establish my own company. I'm gonna go back to university and get my third degree. So I went back to Estonia, first of this guy, and then I established my own company and went back to university. Um, Which led me to where I am here. Of course it didn't work out with the guy. I knew that, I knew that. But at least I have my company and I have another bachelor's degree. and uh, that and uh, I studied sports science.
1: So okay, so that was the the, the degree after law degree. Sports okay. science was third. your third.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. So law, general language and literature. Okay. And then sports science.
1: Got it. And you if I remember right, you had said you studied in California. Germany and Estonia?
0: Yes. This is where I studied law.
1: Got it. Law, I studied
0: in three different countries. Sports science, I studied only in Estonia. Okay. Because I was so busy with building my own business, I didn't have any time to travel anywhere. Uh, Yeah, so this is how I started my business, because I'm a guy, I could say, (laughs) half-jokingly, but mostly because I wanted to do something new and awesome in Estonia and I'm the first one um, who started doing something in Estonia, uh, offering designated onset sessions, teaching people about ergonomics, organizing healthy health events in companies. So everything uh, for employees, they don't have to uh, leave their offices. So I bring everything to them. So I basically help HR, because I think HR is that department who organizes everything.
1: Yeah, so they're your your contact. Yeah, they're my contact. So yeah,
0: that's uh, that's how it got started.
1: Okay, and when did that, what year was that? Like,
0: 2016.
1: Wow, okay, about five years now.
0: Wow.
1: Is it, how does, it, does it feel that long, or?
0: Well, I remember it was 2015, maybe even 16, because fifteen, sixteen, I was living in Germany, and I was thinking, where do I want to be in five years? and my goals were way different back then than they are now and I can say that I'm actually in a better place than I imagined myself five years ago.
1: Okay, can, can you elaborate more on
0: yeah. the, how the
1: goals are different? Yeah.
0: yeah. That? Um, also, I was a different person back then in 2015 uh, I was someone who, um, who was like, okay, when well, I'm going to be like 29, 30, uh, I'm going to have kids, I'm going to have family, you know, all this. So, but now, <laughs> after that, I'm so happy that I didn't make this decision. And why? Um, because I realized that I actually don't want to have
1: kids. You don't? No. Oh wow, um, never? No. Okay.
0: And the reason why I wanted them was because of social pressure.
1: What everyone else is kind of doing or telling you you should do.
0: Exactly.
1: Okay. And um, I guess was there a, a turning point or a trigger that, that led to that realization?
0: Like this, this guy basically.
1: Was he the pressure?
0: No, he wasn't. He he wasn't anything, and he made me realize everything. So I can say that. It's uh, profound. Yeah, um, I um, I had this conversation with my with a friend of mine here in Mexico, like maybe a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, and. Um, let's say I was blaming myself for years for that position that I had moved back to Estonia because of, you know, this one guy, one relationship that didn't work out, and I wasted years. You know, women, we only waste our years because we are in our best years so only for such a short time. You believe that? Of course.
1: So you think there is a quote-unquote clock and that sort of men have an unfair advantage of uh, longevity in that regard?
0: Yes. Come on, we... Um, men look good even when they have great hair.
1: Do, like fine line, right?
0: Yeah, but women, the ones who are like 40 plus and look great, they they also have enough money and they have they have probably done something you know to their faces.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Of course, of course it's a case. You know what they say? Men are like wine, women are like milk.
1: Okay, I get the wine part. Can you so milk? You know, obviously there's a short expiration.
0: Exactly.
1: Um better
0: <laughs> with time, no it doesn't.
1: Okay. And okay, and, and how does that relate to the whole um, kids thing? And you didn't you didn't want that that realization. How did that Yeah,
0: um, I mean my life when I moved back to Estonia, I was focused on my education, I was focused on building my business and I was doing all the things I was supposed to do, like building a relationship with someone who uh, checks like all the boxes, let's put it that way, uh, like simple boxes, like doesn't drink, doesn't smoke probably would raise the kids, but is he emotionally supportive, Um, uh, does he uh, make you, I don't know, feel good or feel like a princess, whatever, no, it's uh, it's like, you know, someone who's, who's always there for you probably would raise the kids because this is what you're supposed to do. And I don't know what was this turning point when I realized that, what do I actually at some point I have this. What do I actually want? And I realize that no one else besides me is going to tell me what do I want in life. I make all the decisions and I have to live with all my decisions.
1: The freedom and, and the power and the... Uh... My
0: number one value is freedom. And what does freedom mean for me? It's, it's not... It's not like single, it's, I don't want to be lo, like location, like location is more that I can be free, location-wise, that I can go... Nomadic in a sense. Yes, in that sense. And that's not the thing you can do when you have kids, because kids have to go to
1: school. Mm, what about homeschooling? And now you look at education, particularly with COVID, everything is going online and you know, you could even...
0: Yeah, and you see they're all getting uh, divorced because they're not used to spending so much time together with all the kids and everything, so... um, Yes, so when I eventually realized that, hey, um, this is not for me and now that I'm here in mean, a way better place because if I would be still in a relationship I would not be traveling. I remember when when I told him or rather when he moved out eventually this is where all the good started happening. This is when...
1: Uh, when was this? Was this 2015?
0: No, no, no. It was, no. He, we ended things in two
1: thousand eighteen. Okay, so you'd already started the business for a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, all that. Okay. and
0: I had already built it up. Everything was great. Yeah. It's working. Um, and when he moved out, I started getting invited to different countries. This is when I got invited to Belgium, to Finland, to Canada. I went to the States like two weeks after he moved out, just because. I was. Free? Yes, free, but also I let one thing go and everything started coming to my life. It's so weird how the universe started working for
1: me. You, you close one door and you open another.
0: And yeah. I opened like 10 doors and it just happened. I wasn't pushing anything, everything just happened. And I was just being me saying yes to different uh, opportunities, which everything just here to Mexico, working in two different time zones, but at the same time being super happy.
1: That's great. And yeah, can you touch upon like that challenge maybe with um, European time zone and now Mexico on the grounds and sort of what that looks like and um, if you plan to continue that or?
0: I'm trying to slowly move out of it. The first two months, good, no problem. I was, if I wanted to, I was out until midnight and uh, slept a couple of hours and started working, took naps at the beach, maybe like twice a day even, because I was just exhausted. But now, after three months, I feel that I just can't do it. The nuts are not um, helping me at all and I'm just being... Drained
1: drained. a bit.
0: Drained, exactly. But um, other than that, if, um, if I'm not thinking about it, it's great. But people ask me about it all the time. And when I tell them about my lifestyle, my experience, everything that I'm doing here, they're, they're feeling sorry for me. And this is when when I also start thinking, oh my god, maybe, maybe it is bad, maybe it is bad for my health. Because when I don't think about it, I, I just do it, I just do it, and no problem.
1: Like the no sleep is bad for your health?
0: No, it's just waking up early. I don't mind, I'm a morning person. I love waking up early. I love getting the most out of the sun. I have seen every sunset and every sunrise for the past three months. But some people are like, oh my God, really? And then for them, it's so dramatic. And then I know somehow it gets to me. And then a part of my brain also starts thinking, maybe it is bad. Maybe I should change that. Maybe I should feel shitty every morning that I wake up. And it's so hard to, you know, fight with it. So I would say the biggest struggle that I have is to change the mindset that people are injecting me. Because naturally, I love waking up early, no problem. Right now, it is a bit challenging because we have daylight saving stay in Europe. And instead of seven hours, it's eight hours now. Seven hours was like kind of okay. I was waking up at four a.m. Now I have to wake up at three.
1: Okay, so I guess to to kind of clarify that. So you're you're waking up around three, and then you're you're doing online sort of assessments. Yes, with...
0: I start online at three thirty. Uh, I do online sessions until six thirty or seven a.m. Your local time, yeah. Yes, so this is European time. I mean here, but in Europe it's like noon-ish something. Then my classes here in Mexico start at 7 a.m. and I teach classes until 10 a.m. So by 10, when most of the people wake up, I have been working for six, seven hours already and exhausted um, and around 10.30, 11, I take my first nap. I usually go to the beach, I just lay down and pass out. Fortunately, I have the ability to pass out anywhere, on a plane, on a bus, at the beach, just... I even, I even take naps in my car. In Estonia, when I had to visit all my car, I had to visit all my before COVID, when I was still doing face-to-face sessions, I, I took naps in my car. And this is why I bought a huge car and SUV because it was more comfortable to sleep in <laughs> only sure. because of that. Um, and when I tell this to people that I wake up at 3 something, I take my first nap around 10-11, then the way people react to it starts, you know, changing my mindset, changing something
1: because it doesn't seem correct to them, so they...
0: Yeah, yeah, and then like, yeah, I usually, I never see the sunrise, and they make it sound so cool. Well, I don't think it's cool, but then the next morning, I wake up, I think about what they said, and I'm like, damn, I wish I could sleep right now, because they are sleeping. You know this one, right? so it's like
1: you want what you can't have. It, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so it's so it's just mentally challenging to do it. But other than that, it's good. It's it's way harder to wake up at eight than it is for four, like this hour. Big difference. Yeah, in Estonia usually I will wake up at five a.m. No problem. I'm like this five a.m. club or whatever it's called. Here, I'm like, okay, I would have to wake up at 4, which is only an hour, I could do it. Yes, I could do it, like, not like 100%, more like 99, but I could do it. But like now, because of because it changed time in Europe, it's 3 a.m.
1: And that REM cycle... This so. is
0: like 3 a.m. I feel that it's taking a toll way now,
1: eventually. Okay, so I guess with that, you plan to kind of adjust sort of your, your strategy and your work, or um, what do you see as your next steps?
0: To enter the US markets. Okay. To <laughs> so find more clients. And the time
1: zone's here. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I started the process last week, um, talked to a few friends who might know someone. And also, a friend of mine does B2B marketing, so you know, just slowly with some finding something. And my employees are, are entering my European clients. My employees are, are in Estonia.
1: Okay, and no they'll manage yeah. over there across the pond and then you can kind of be over here doing your thing. Yes. Get your sleep without those two-day Yes.
0: Yeah, so in a perfect world.
1: Yes. Okay. But I, I, so I guess you like it over here then. Like your first time in Latin America, but you like to stay over here and kind of see yeah. this part of the world. Yeah, it's
0: actually my second time. It's my second time in Mexico, but I've only been to Mexico. I haven't been to anywhere else. And the first time that I was here it was only for, I don't know, two weeks. How much can you see in two weeks? No. But I definitely, I like this part of the world because I've seen Europe. Europe is my home. And I need something different.
1: And I've been also
0: living in the States. I know this part. So Latin America would be definitely something interesting. I think it's better for long-term living than Asia.
1: Why, why? is that? Have you? do you have? I, I
0: haven't been to Asia, but also, I like the language. I would love to speak Spanish. Language. You like the language
1: here, not in Asia. More like the Spanish, yeah, 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 Portuguese, or something. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Or well, what do you think about Asia? Is it good for long term living, or is it like good for one month, like people go to Bali? For
1: I think it depends on what you want what you're looking for, I mean you see people settle all the time, particularly in Southeast Asia, I think it's probably the most common for for different reasons but um, I mean I think it's uh, coming from America, I think it's more maybe different and foreign versus Latin America but it depends kind of what you're looking for Um, the cuisine is is very different from Latin America, so
0: Of course, I um, love the
1: yeah, I mean, but also like
0: the food over here.
1: Yeah, I'm mean, thinking to myself. I mean,
0: anything is better than Estonia. <laughs> I don't want to say anything bad about my my country, but we don't even have a national dish.
1: You don't have nothing. No. So it is you you piggyback off Russia or Finland maybe?
0: Yeah, yeah, but we don't have our own thing. Yeah. I know it's like if I I say that we in Estonia we have survival food because we, we have been invaded by all the nearby countries, and uh, we have been ruled by so Swedes, Russians, Germans, everyone, and we are a mix of all the nearby cultures. It's a melting pot, it's good in
1: a sense though, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So we don't have our own thing.
1: And. Okay, and so you don't like not having that identity at the same time? Is it... No,
0: the thing is the food doesn't have taste. taste, it's just survival food, it's super simple, fast, quick, simple, it um, keeps you full, but, it's, but the process of eating, it's, it's, you don't have the satisfaction because we don't have the culture, we just eat to survive, we don't eat to enjoy but here you can see it more like the food has tastes. taste you eat it with your uh, fingers, with your hands and there are many studies saying that when you touch your food when you don't use any cutlery then it activates some parts in your brain that gives you this stronger satisfaction
1: Okay, interesting, so like neuron stimulation and pleasure sort of things at the same time, all of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Food, food is a pleasure here.
1: Definitely. Um, I guess maybe going with that, can, what do you think, do you know where you'd like to settle, like longer term, or that's open-ended
0: That's at this point? That's open-ended, I have no idea. I have been to only Mexico when we consider all those Latin American countries. And in two days, it's gonna be my first time going to Guatemala. So we'll see. Probably I'm gonna to travel towards the south from there, and we'll see. I feel a strong calling to Colombia,
1: like for years.
0: I'm gonna check Colombia out and then
1: let's see. Um, yeah, I mean Colombia and Guatemala, I, I, lovely countries. I, I think you should, depending on the restrictions. I'm also curious to hear how you think your your business endeavors um, is impacted, let's say by the current environment of COVID and um, just sort of the new remote work and the potential for that whole market of people working in the office. So potential clients, and now everybody's working from home and so, or is your business model been affected or do you see that shifting as people are working from home now as opposed to sort of having that, that office fitness vibe that you had all these years?
0: Yeah, now it's called home office fitness <laughs> and home office ergonomics. Um, 2020 was like the best thing that ever happened for my company because everything went online. And I could finally save time on commuting, on stress, that I spent so much time in traffic, etc, etc. Everything went online, which allowed me to eventually come here to Mexico and do exactly what I was doing back in Estonia, but now just doing the same thing in a different time zone.
1: So it's been easy then, it seems like it's been been smooth?
0: Yeah, it was at first, of course, those first two weeks that we had in March, it was uh, full of confusion, people didn't know what's going to happen, so for those first two weeks also nothing was happening in my company, but then my clients realized that, hey, we probably have to stay home, so why not start working out in front of the screen? So, I just got myself a good mic, a ring light, all the equipment to uh, get my clients the best experience with uh, online training and that's what I'm still doing and teaching people ergonomics because working from home is different than working from office. In the office, you only have a chair and your desk, but at home, you have so many different places to work from. Maybe people don't have a chair or a desk. Maybe they're working on the sofa or from the kitchen. So I teach people how to work from different locations, how to set up your own workspace wherever, whether it's your home, whether it's uh, in a cafe, how to how to work from the sofa. Those different positions you can take. Like I try to teach people how to be creative, because what is important is to switch the positions, sitting, standing, etc., or locations also, whether it's a uh, sofa, whether it's kitchen table, whether it's uh, ironing board. Okay. Um, right.
1: So
0: that's what I'm doing. Now. That's what I'm focusing on.
1: That's awesome. And I'm curious, has the arm wrestling sort of championship belts led to you kind of you know showing your skill set and, and your how that can translate to your, your business world and how people can?
0: I mean it's always a fun fact to mention that hey, I'm actually the strongest uh, woman in Estonia. Um, uh, but I don't know, maybe yes, maybe no.
1: Like, you being you know, a, a female, it's just another
0: way right? to intimidate guys, right?
1: <laughs> Has that been like difficult sometimes? Like, you being like a woman in the fitness world, like trying to you know, um, go into like markets that maybe are viewed as like maybe men should be leading or not necessarily?
0: Oh, when it's in the fitness world, then definitely no, then definitely. In fitness world, we are all strong, we're all great, amazing, nothing there. It's more like when I talk to people who don't do any kind of sports, then this is where we...
1: They assume then that the male is the way. Are the only way?
0: Yes. Then this is where things are kind of, you know, awkward and weird, but I'm mostly, I'm trying to be as chill as possible and, you know,
1: stay, stay of it. Got it. Okay. Um, no, that's amazing. And, um, yeah, I'm glad to hear that it's been a, a smooth transition and, um, even better with more creativity and options in the, the home environment as opposed to the office.
0: Yeah. Where do you feel where really you can focus better? In an actual office? Home office? Or cafe or somewhere else?
1: I think it depends on like what I'm working on. Um, I mean, both in school and in work, I've always kind of liked that separation of personal and professional environment. And I think people kind of strive to have that in the whole remote workplace too so that you don't blend the you know your home life with your your work life and so I think that's the challenge and people are I think claiming that they're working a lot more um, now that things are remote than before they're working more um, because they don't have that separation How, do you has your like work kind of helped people? Kind of find that divide with.
0: Yes, this is also what I'm working on. Um, I I don't personally I don't teach it, but I have psychologists uh, who are working with me, and we also teach people about psychology, um, from how to make the distinction between home and work, but also how to deal with loneliness. This is actually. Biggest issue? People being.
1: The mental health?
0: Mental
1: health, yeah. Wow, okay. So you.
0: Being like working from home, being uh, away from your colleagues.
1: Right, so your sort of like work kind of hits on that point. It went from like physical in the office and now you've evolved and you've now hit the mental side as well.
0: Yes, I, I only did mental health before, but I was seeing teaching different topics that were more like on um, what is mental health? And because mental health in Estonia is still kind of a taboo topic, but uh, my partners are doing a very good job changing that. But right now, during college, of course, mental health is is a topic everyone's talking about, especially in Estonia as well. And loneliness is a huge part
1: of it. Right? Wow. So that's that's awesome that you kind of like naturally been able to like evolve from, you know, initially the, the bodybuilding, like arm wrestling, into the fitness and then the mental health to have that arsenal. It, what led it seems like you've studied various things like you said German language I think yeah. um, law yes. and all this personal training like so all these subjects what like led you to like all those different like passions or interests and like it, it seems like sort of like a jack of all trades sort of like um, skill set that you know continues to let you like thrive and do what you want to do right, at the same time?
0: Well, as I jokingly say, I'm a yes girl. <laughs> I? I, say, I say yes to opportunities, I say yes to challenges, and mm-hmm. I also believe that life is short and we should try out as many things as possible. So that's what I've been doing, trying to do as much as possible various things because you never know what's gonna come out of it. Maybe it's uh, just a good experience or maybe it's gonna lead to something bigger. I never knew that this person training license that I'm gonna take will lead me to living in Germany and establishing my own company. I just did it, you know, just for fun
1: yeah exactly yeah i think that's great i think more people need to take that mindset of uh saying yes to things and the idea of life is short and i think uh you know covid has definitely told people that and to have that carpe Diem latin phrase mindset of season the day um i'm curious a little bit more about estonia if, if we can maybe chat about, sure. you know it's a you know very interesting country that i think gets maybe glossed over um between like neighboring Russia of course and then you know maybe Scandinavia and you know I think a lot of the audience maybe doesn't know a lot and you know obviously you, you could share a lot of nice insight.
0: Yeah, Estonia is located uh, okay. south of Finland Yes, and we are part of the Baltics, not Balkans I've heard many people mix Balkans and Baltics have you ever heard?
1: I definitely know the difference, but you—you you
0: definitely, but other people.
1: Yeah, I think it's a common, you know. I think getting you know, confused. Yeah. With two Bs. For example,
0: yeah. here in Mexico, um, there has been a couple of incidents um, saying that I come from Estonia, and their response has been, "Oh, my sister is working in Croatia." Um, and I'm like. Story, now what? I'm like, yeah, it's not part of the Balkans, you know, it's actually Baltics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, long story short, it's totally fine because we are a small country. Very small country, only basically a million people. But we have fun of fact- the most startups per capita. We have even more startups per capita than Silicon Valley does.
1: More than Israel?
0: Yes. Really? Okay. Not maybe um, when you would start counting them. Then I'm not sure about per capita. Okay. The most startups, and we have five unicorns.
1: Interesting. Do you know them?
0: Uh, personally?
1: Or, or, I don't know what their end is. Some, going, I mean,
0: I've been, I've been going out drinking with some of the guys, but not with all of them.
1: Maybe some of our listeners will know what a unicorn is. Do you mind
0: explaining Yeah, sure, so unicorn is this
1: bisexual woman. <laughs> Sometimes.
0: Uh, yes, so Unicorn is a startup company whose market value is at least one billion. Exactly.
1: Okay, and you guys have five of them for yes. a, being a small country. That's pretty impressive. Yes.
0: and actually the first and the most famous is Skype.
1: Really? Okay, I don't even think I... That kind of flew under my radar. I didn't How realize... Did you know that? I didn't realize it was uh, Estonian. Yes,
0: yeah, Skype is from Estonia.
1: Wow. Well, everybody knows that. Yeah, Super exactly.
0: Cool. Uh, but uh, not everybody knows it's actually from Estonia. The others are Playtech, Treasurewise, now also known as Wise, Bolt, and Pipe Drive.
1: Okay. I think out of the ones you mentioned, Bolt, you know, at least for me personally, rings the mm-hmm. bell the most. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more European.
0: Yeah, but, and African.
1: African too, yeah. I don't think it's really touched the the American markets, um, but, but, uh, but, they are, but it's not, for sure. They
0: are the biggest competitors um, to uh, Uber. Uber,
1: of course. Cool. And, and
0: they're doing a pretty good job. So, when I think about these things, that we have so many startups, we have five unicorns, that everything is online, we have the best Wi-Fi in the world, that makes you feel proud of your country.
1: Certainly, and, but then here we are in Mexico and you're looking to put your roots more in Latin America than back home.
0: Yeah, but also I don't believe that we are plants, that where we were born and where we grow up that we should necessarily stay there for our whole life. So why not travel and see what else is out there, because traveling is the only thing that gives you back more than it takes. Yes, it takes money, but it gives you back so much more. You don't only learn about other people, you mostly learn about yourself through other people
1: and learning about different cultures. Exactly. It's a It has a high ROI return on that investment. Mm-hmm. And but it seems like you, you know, like you said, you've really only touched Latin America so far with Mexico, and then you know still let's go with Asia. Yet you're pretty confident and passionate about the whole travel side. Is that sort of a new development, or something that you kind of always knew but didn't? get to fully explore it just yet because of your arm wrestling endeavors and your your business world before?
0: Yes, um, well I have been traveling before as well you know with family we took those trips um, our generation is the first generation who can travel freely uh, Estonia got independent 30 years ago, in 1991. Before that, it wasn't uh, possible to travel. We were part of Soviet Union, the borders were closed, um, and my parents, my grandparents, weren't able to travel. And it's it's great to be born at this time where I can travel and I can also see how technology is changing the world. Um, and also the fact that I'm traveling right now in 2021.
1: And as a woman, like that's gotta know. be yeah. You know, I think that's. You know, intimidating to a lot of uh, women out there, um, just with the dangers that can come with that. And maybe your your blonde hair is a is a target more than most. I those.
0: know, to be honest, that's that's the number one reason I haven't been to Latin America. Many friends of mine have told me that because of my looks, I can't go to Latin America, at least not alone. That I have to have someone with me or I should dye my hair at least if I would like to travel alone, or I don't know what to do with me. And this has kind of pulled me back from traveling through Latin America, but...
1: What do you see now, now that you're here? And do you think there's some truth to that? And what would you say to the women out there that maybe you're scared of exploring places kind of like you've done now and, you know, solo in that regard?
0: Firstly, um, every country can be dangerous. If you if you are being stupid and not keeping value on yourself or getting drunk or walking around town when it's dark, uh, just the odds of happening is greater in this part of the world, maybe Latin America, to a blonde girl, but, but it's possible everywhere. So when you are behaving well, you are not getting shit-faced, then it should be good. Of course, knowing the language helps a bit. I have studied Spanish. Well, I actually started during the first lockdown, and it has
1: helped me a lot, a lot. And you think you will continue to push forward, it seems, into the neighboring countries, um, Guatemala, you said, Colombia, Peru. And so that sort of fear and initial hesitation has kind of taken a backseat now that you you're more comfortable with the language and have your wits about you? Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, because why it's dangerous for us, I think, is because they see us as rich white people who have money. So when I know how to hide my money or or not walk around with my handbags or my fancy phone in my hands it should be good.
1: So, true, and I guess do you do you think that you know Mexico, like let's say in general, is, is actually more dangerous than a lot of places that you've been in, in Europe up to this point?
0: Um, actually, the most dangerous country I've been to is Canada just because I happen to be in the wrong place, in the wrong time. And just it, it was just all that it takes to give a false impression on a country. Because Canada is just an amazing country with friendly, friendly people. people. Exactly. I just happened to be in the wrong place, wrong time, and this is so far the most dangerous country that I've been in. And it can happen to any country. It can happen in Mexico. It can happen in Estonia, Anywhere it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's something to that keep in mind, and I can I can definitely relate to. Back when I was first exploring Europe, it was Finland where two guys tried to jump me, and um, you know probably one of the safest um, countries, at least viewed mm-hmm. wise. But uh, you know I was just a newbie traveler and. Uh, too busy taking pictures and you know, I had to make a run for it.
0: You never know.
1: Is there anything else uh, interesting about Estonia that you think um, people should know and that you like to share? Yeah, people
0: definitely Google Estonia and then click images. Our old town is just amazing. Well, you have been there. What do you think about our old town? It was amazing, yeah. I mean,
1: you know, having visited all the other neighboring countries, I mean, Tallinn definitely stood out as, you know, some of the most impressive, like, squares I had seen relative to, let's say, Riga and uh, Vilnius and all the others, Minsk, et cetera. I mean, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, very charming. The architecture was incredible. Yeah. You, you knew a lot about it, of course. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope to go back and maybe see it in the winter season.
0: I just love the architecture in Tallinn. I have actually studied it and I was so into the architecture. And our own town is full of uh, legends. Did I also tell you about the legends?
1: I don't think so. What do you mean, legends?
0: um, Since our own town is very old, um, some buildings or wells have stories to them. Why is one building built this way, or why is that window over there? It all comes down to the story, those legends that people tell.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then you weren't in telling for uh, long enough. Next yeah. time when you're gonna visit Tallinn, and I'm also gonna be there, I'm gonna
1: Goodbye. do a Belgian
0: tour to you. If uh, if we don't happen to be there at the same time, then I'm gonna tell you how to do it. Or maybe, you know, uh, online is such a huge thing, maybe I can, you know... Virtually. Virtually do the tour. Definitely. And tell you all the legends.
1: Definitely. And that actually reminds me of something that I remembered that I think was a big passion of yours that I wish we got to do together in Estonia, but we didn't have time, is... Motorcycles.
0: Motorcycles? Oh my god, I haven't been riding for
1: months. And so, yeah, I mean, how does motorcycles fit into the arm wrestling and everything else that you seem to have done? When did that come about? And yeah, that seems... I've (laughs) always
0: loved cars and motorcycles. When When I was a kid, I played with cars. I had so many toy cars. Uh, I think all my classmates uh, were jealous of me. Um, and at some point I was like, hey, I want to I wanna start riding. So I just found a friend who had a motorcycle. Uh, I learned how to ride. Then eventually I bought my own motorcycle. And when I was old enough, I finally get the license as well.
1: Wow. Okay, so kind of a daredevil sort of mindset and approach.
0: Um, yeah, maybe, yeah.
1: Okay, do you have any kind of epic trips that you've done or would like to do on the horizon?
0: Oh, I had. Uh, my goal for 2020 was to do a motorcycle trip through Balkans. Okay. But couldn't do it because the borders were closed. So, but still I wanted to go abroad somewhere uh, last summer. So just one morning, I woke up and I was like, hmm, what should I do today? And then I took my motorcycle and I bah, just went to Latvia.
1: So I wanted to go
0: abroad. So I went to Latvia, I took a picture. It's still on Instagram because scroll. on my Instagram, you're gonna see me posing in Latvia with my motorcycle, and then I went back.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. And then I gotta be honest, though, like it's cool. And I mean that's what you know intrigued me about you being the first female guest, among many other reasons. But um, it, it still brings me to you know, I, I guess a little bit of the intimidation factor, not as much as the arm wrestling, but it still, you know, fits that mold. But I guess maybe I would like to hear more about, I think a lot of maybe women don't think that, let's say arm wrestling, riding motorbikes, um, doing things with maybe starting their own business is the role that they can have in the world right but i think that's changing right and i think you've kind of exemplified that and everything you've done and is there any sort of advice that you know you could share with maybe women that are considering any of these things and lessons that you've learned while achieving what you've had that you've done and with such a success?
0: Firstly, I wanna tell women that working out doesn't make you big or bulky. This is the number one thing that I've heard from different women that they don't wanna start lifting weights because it makes them bulky or they don't want to do arm wrestling because they're too weak, but they're too weak because they are afraid of uh, working out. So, girls, don't be afraid of weights. Another thing about building your business, if you want to do it, just do it. Uh, Some people have fear of failure, others have fear of success. Maybe you don't have either of those, so why not try it out? What's the worst thing that can happen? You're going to learn along the way. Building my own business has taught me so much more than all those three university degrees that I have. Like just one year building my own business, it was just a major change. Like my personality, how I manage my time, how I talk to people, everything. These are the things that you just don't
1: learn in school. Right, and, and how maybe, you know, with those amazing experiences and new perspectives, I'm, I want to go back to like the dating and how it relates to men. How have men generally responded to you being an arm wrestler, you ride motorbikes, you have your own business as it relates to fitness. Um, I even alluded to the intimidation that comes with that. What's been the perception that men have thrown at you, generally, out of curiosity? I would say
0: it's the best filter I could ever have. I am um, all those things that you said, and there are there are men who feel intimidated or they want to put me down and I'm like perfect thank you next and it means those people it's so much easier maybe
1: to find the quality to,
0: to find the quality yeah, and find people to find guys who are also who ride motorcycles who um, like independent women in that sense who have their own company which means that they can think that uh, she's someone you can have conversations with maybe maybe that's what they think but for me it's been great although I don't I don't have many dates or many guys because I prefer wanting quality, quality over quantity I can't have quantity because they are and there's just not enough
1: people certainly but you, you there's still enough and of the quality where you know you can be selective with who you sort of are interested in and pursue and it's not like you have had this um, this go-getter yes mentality and that's sort of um, handicapped your your love life or your your relationship world. That has not been the case. It's only sort of elevated your focus to the cream of the crop in your your view.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I have just said no to bullshit, and I only say hello to quality. And doing that leaves me so much more time to myself if I would prefer quantity or if I would um, if I would say that okay um, let's lower my standards I wouldn't have enough time for myself.
1: And why is that do you think
0: if you if you focus too much on data you eventually lose yourself. But if you focus on yourself then the right people
1: Find what you usually find things maybe when you're you're not seeking it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, think. that as well. But also, being yourself attracts um, attracts certain people into your life. You start attracting people.
1: Mm-hmm. You attract what you think. Yeah, certainly.
0: Yeah, and I have met so many amazing people um, when I. When I know exactly what I want or who I am, then these are exactly the people that I'm attracting into my life. If I'm feeling shit, then I attract shit. But if I think great right about myself, then I also attract better people. And another thing, uh, you earlier you asked me like, for that what's the message, or what should women maybe know, or what they should focus on. I also think that we should be asking more questions, more questions uh, from ourselves. What do we actually want, what we don't want, what are our goals, and not be affected by the society not like falling in
1: line to what society wants you to behave in such maybe a certain role?
0: exactly Exactly. so so the uh, example that I told you about earlier about how I thought I knew what I wanted but now five years later I'm so happy that I'm not where I imagine myself being because it was just society but then I started asking what do I really want who who I really am and just being and just accepting yourself that you don't want the things everybody else wants and that's totally fine and we all we cannot be alike if everyone would be like if we if we all wanted the same things if we all like the same things the world wouldn't be what it is right now
1: and if you're born
0: Yeah. yeah, if you're born, yeah. so i just want to everyone to think about what do they really want because some positions they can't be reversed anymore Everybody in the end should
1: be happy with all the decisions. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a great maybe note for us to you know wrap things up and end on. Um, uh, I guess maybe one other quick sort of curious question uh, I'd like to ask is, is it relates to arm wrestling. Um, if there is a maybe anyone in the world dead or alive, that if you could arm wrestle, who would it be, out of curiosity?
0: I want to do it with the world's strongest woman in my weight category, because I want to get her place. I want to get to, I want to get to be the number one in the world.
1: Okay, so the, that that's who it will be, and you know who that person is, etc?
0: Well, it changes every year, but mm-hmm. whoever that is in that year that I wanna get that ranking to be the strongest woman in the world.
1: <laughs> Amazing. But but you think like like you said, that that takes time in the, the arm wrestling competition world. It takes years of
0: Years
1: training of the muscles and you're you're like seven or eight if I remember right. Yes. Okay.
0: So a couple more years hard work, hard lifting, wrestling with men, it should
1: be good. Awesome. I think that's great. Uh, Yeah, I, uh, I think that's a great, you know, fun note to end on and uh, I think this has been an amazing first episode for myself and I think you have been the first female guest uh, for this podcast as, you know, a perfect example of what, um, you know, I think women can can sh- can look for and strive for, and um, it's been great. Um, so, with that, I you know appreciate you for your time today, and it's definitely been a lot of fun uh, mixed in with some uh, pisco shots, and who knows? Um, hopefully. You know, we can connect again down the road, maybe in another country after. Who knows?
0: Maybe, maybe in Asia, maybe in Africa. I don't know. We have like different parts of the world to go.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, I never thought maybe we would be meeting again here in Mexico, but then here we are. And,
0: uh... Exactly. Man sich immer Leben. You never know where you're going to see each other again.
1: Exactly. And was that that German proverb? It was a German
0: proverb, yeah.
1: Sounded like it. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, you know, to end things off, is there a good way for listeners to maybe connect with you um, if they'd like?
0: Yeah, so if you guys want to see my workouts or just cool traveling pictures, Instagram is the place. It's uh, my name, Susie Ann starts with number five instead of S. Um, You can probably find it in the show notes. It's hard to describe my great name, which is American actually. (laughs) And um, also my company uh, is uh, firmafitness.ee. If you want to see what I'm up to. that's, That's basically it.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely include all of that in the show notes. And, um, you know, this has been a lot of fun, like I said. And, uh, you know, I'm so happy that we were able to do it and lucky that we crossed paths here in Mexico. And uh, um,
0: I'm so happy and lucky as well. Thank you so much
1: yeah, for you. the
0: invitation. And, hey, let's continue drinking. <laughs>
1: exactly. All right. Well, thanks again. And, yeah, that wraps up episode 14.